This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Secret Dragon Between the Tales, Arc 1, Episode 6.5, question mark. I'm your Dungeon Master, Gustavo Cirola. I'm joined by our cast of characters, as usual, and they are... Barbara Dunkelman, the voice of Elga Von Brath, a half-elf vampire barbarian. Blaine Gibson, the voice of Chip Haney, a tiefling rogue who has now entered level two, question mark? Hey, 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 spoilers. So, no. Chris Damaris, the voice of Barney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and An old man cleric. Who's a human? <laughs> My name is John Rice here, and I voice uh, Mati Confucius, who is a uh, ghost Eric Cochran monk. Someone made a joke that we need to have Eric Bedore vo- voice uh, Eric Cochran and That's call him Eric Cochran. Good. It's good. In addition to our usual cast of characters, we all, since this is a Between the Tales episode, we also have uh, joining remotely via via audio phone, our Dungeon Master behind the Dungeon Master, writer, composer. Oh, oh, you introduce yourself. What am I introducing you for? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Micah. I write the modules, I edit the podcast, and I add music sometimes. <laughs> more. <laughs> what's more accolades? <laughs> Gus, what's all an audio phone? <laughs> I was trying to think of an old word for like a a, a telephone. I, I, like, in, John. I just don't even. That's that's a telephone, Micah. That's a telephone. I was trying to think what would Mr. Burns call uh, a telephone. I was trying to think like what's a an old word for a phone. Yeah, sound wave phone. Yeah. So this this episode's gonna be a little different. We're uh, kind of between a couple of arcs, or between you know we just re- kind of wrapped up arc one of our grotesque story. Just as a quick reminder of where we stand. Previously, you all found yourselves once again running from the coughs, but this time chasing after a new suspect, Eddie, a large skinless humanoid made of bulging white muscles and covered in green veins. You chased after Eddie onto a steam engine traveling to Musketen. After a fearless jump onto the caboose, you had a brief run-in with a brawny blue-vested orc with ferocious eyebrows who turned out to be a train conductor inquiring for tickets. Ben's also here. <laughs> he's, mu- he's muted, so I wasn't sure if he was going to talk or not. I, I, don't think, I, don't th- I don't think Ben is mic'd for talking, but okay. Ben Ernst, uh, <laughs> uh, producer of the show, is here. He's in your hearts, audience listener. He's there in spirit. I say, hey, Blaine, thanks for jumping in and, uh, and, and trying to do my job. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime you want, I'm there, man. <laughs> He's the DM right. behind the DM behind the DM. Yeah. Blaine's going to DM from now on. Woo. Here we go. Take it away. I have a headcanon now because you said this guy we were chasing has bulging white muscles. And I'm like, is it Blaine? Are we chasing Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Bulging muscles, skinless, green veins. <laughs> Blaine Gibson. Oh, it's like looking into a mirror. For those of you who've never seen us in person, that's a perfect description of Blaine. Green must green veins. <laughs> so, do you guys have train tickets? I don't remember. No. No. Of course we do, guys. I, I do. mean, meta, no. <laughs> in in character, of course. Maybe we do. We had tickets to that thing. Or no, no, no. Those were letters of invitations to you the- You got uh, secret pockets, Barbara? Well, maybe someone slipped us tickets without us realizing. Okay, Barbara, roll for checking for tickets. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could roll and do it. As often happens when you're in a big city, pickpockets putting train tickets in your pocket. Hey, you know, well, you know, we encountered, you know, the alchemists and people who want to help us, apparently. So who knows? Maybe they're like lacing us with things. That Those aren't uh, pickpockets. They're gift pocketers. Oh, <laughs> that's a fun thing. 
anything could go, anything could happen in the land of Groteth. So. Yeah. You know what? I'm so sorry, John and Barbara. I think I'm gonna adapt that into Chip's whole thing. Like, and see, he's a tiefling rogue, but I want him to like drop things into, not steal all the time. It's just sometimes give. You know. Yeah. He's like the the Robin Hood of the tieflings. Yeah. Like a, a chapstick, you might yeah. need the anti Robin Hood. <laughs> Small yeah, little. The Back in the world of Groteth, the uh, brawny blue vested orc still has his hand out, asking for tickets. Uh, can I go in for a handshake as Chip and say, hey, how are you doing there? Oh, what a lovely train you got here on, on your hands. Tickets. Yes, tickets. He very unenthusiastically accepts your handshake and says, five copper for steerage, five silver for standard, five gold for first class. Ooh. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, it's too bad that neither Chip or I have any money. Uh, can I, can I, I'd like to check Any for insight money. on that. I'd like to check for insight on that. You can have some of mine. Nope. Yeah, I mean, Barney can do that. This is what this is what Mateed would do. Guys, guys, calm down back there, all right? Tickets are on me. I got my butt whipped by that big uh, fella, and you guys came to the rescue. I'm so proud of this team. Tickets are on the house. Huh? And then I give over 20 silver. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Middle. The orc pulls out four little slips of paper, quickly punches them with a hole punch, and then hands uh, little stubs over to each of you. After you purchase these last-minute tickets, the furrow-browed orc introduces himself as Dish, and invites you all to take your seats and enjoy the ride. You, of course, immediately searched the train for Eddie, but found no signs of him or his hooded hoodlums. Perhaps more clues will reveal themselves upon your arrival. In the meantime, the alchemist has advised you to keep a low profile as you all are still wanted fugitives. The trip to Moskettin should take about a day's journey. Oh. Could could Elga turn to Matid and go, See, I told you we had tickets. (laughs) 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 Yes, we we definitely do. (laughs) You you just got to believe. Sometimes you need to manifest things into your life. Yeah, we we could all use a little bit of that sometimes. Matid uh, pats Elga on the head. Does anyone else need to go to the bathroom? Didn't you go like 30 seconds ago, Barney? <laughs> no. Do you need to check your prostate? No. <laughs> What's the I'll do for that, that for you if you want. I can help. <laughs> Slide a hands got- check. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Bar- Barney's so old, it's all prostate at this point. Oh, oh. He's just one big prostate. <laughs> 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 Uh, So let me describe the train real quick. The train is actually surprisingly large with many train cars. You know, there's various types attached to the locomotive, catering to a variety of Grotethian travelers. Uh, There's the usual stuff, dining cars, sleeper cars, but there's a whole slew of other cars if you all want to explore, and every car has a pull cord if you want to request the presence of Disf for assistance. Disf is the name of the orc, yeah? Disf. Yeah, I heard an F at the end. Disf, how do you spell that? Obviously, just like it sounds, D-Y-S-P-H. D-Y-S-P-H. Is the, is the username like Dysfunction or something? He's got a little uh, name tag on that you all can see that reads Dysphoric. Oh, no. I knew it. Are you by any chance related to an oof? <laughs> oof. What a ridiculous name. <laughs> Sorry. That, there's a different, that's a different universe, is it not? <laughs> we haven't established that yet. So what are you all going to do to pass the time? 
so after that last fight with Eddie, Chip was deeply, deeply humbled. Because as I said, Chip had a past as an assassin. He was very mm. good at his job, mm. but he, he left that life behind for Carol. And, you know, he kept fit and, he, and, and in shape and all that stuff, but he definitely, like, lost all of his skills. So Chip trains best under danger and pressure. So he wants to climb to the roof of one of the train cars and, and, like, meditate. And, like, when bridges are coming, he wants to, like, oh, disengage and drop to the ground and, like, hide and, and do a bunch of weird, like, training stuff. Dodging tree branches. What a calm meditation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> I want a whole a whole montage to go on up on, above everyone's heads. So you want to make, like, a thousand dexterity checks over the next 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, I'll start rolling <laughs> this really quick. How do you yeah. disengage for a bridge? <laughs> You, you lock into the bridge, you pull out your, your arm blade, and then you like, who's just engaged? And then you go down. <laughs> I guess to answer your question, Chris, part of it is yelling the word disengage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another thing we're, we're learning about Chip. It's like pocket sand. You have to, you have to say it as you do it. Disengage! <laughs> Let's see a uh, dexterity check. Let's see uh, how it goes. 11. Obviously, you're just starting your training. This is why you're up here. Not super smooth at first. You learn a lot as the first bridge clips your shoulder and uh, leaves a little bit of a bruise. Ooh, ouch. Okay. Well, here comes another, here comes something else. You want to do another dexterity throw? I can. Sure, why not? I, I feel, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling like I'm learning lessons here. That's another 11. That's an exact same <laughs> roll. <laughs> Maybe the lessons are, they're going to take a little while. Luckily, you know, it is a, a day's long train ride to get to your destination. Maybe you'll be one big bruise by the time you get there. But you feel like, hey, on the bright side, at least you're not getting any worse. That's right. I'm getting better. Nope. At least you're not a prostate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the follow-up is a 16. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I rolled a 16 and we're getting better. We're getting we're seeing, better. Uh, Chip slowly make improvements bridge by bridge, tree branch by tree branch, water tower by water tower. Pigeon in his face by pigeon in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Chip's going to come back into the car to, to meet the gang, and then he's just going to be covered in a bruises, dirt, pigeon feathers, bird poop. Yeah. Tree branches and twigs hanging off of his horns and Soaked hair. from the smoke because we're on a non-electric train, <laughs> yeah. so there's just smoke in your face the entire just time. It's just the greatest place for meditation. Yeah. Hey, it shows that you could focus. Yeah. Yeah. As you are, you know, in your meditation, question mark, uh, you see one of the train hatches open up and an angry looking conductor <laughs> pops his head out and begins scanning around for the source of all the ruckus he can hear from the roof. <laughs> the screams, the, the constant squeals. Make a stealth check to see if you can hide. Oh, hide. Here we go. Hide. 14. Which is, oh, it's sad watching the elderly fail. Not that old. I'm like mid 30s. <laughs> I thought you were an old dude, like a, like a dad dude. No, nah, Chip's late 30s, early okay. 40s. I don't know. Somewhere in there okay. thereabouts. You're able to uh, quickly, you know, lie prone and hide behind a nearby hatch for a different car. Disc scans the roof, sees nothing, and goes back in. It's working. <laughs> From a metagame perspective, Chip now has cunning action. Do you want to uh, tell us about that? Okay, cunning action. Starting at a second level, your quick thinking and agility allow you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus action on each of your turns in combat. This action can be used only to take the dash, disengage, or hide action. So dash essentially allows you to move extra fast or extra far. Okay, so like 
my walking speed is 30, so what does dash as a bonus action do? I believe dash as a bonus action gives you another 30. Oh my god, that's cool. Disengage allows you to disengage from combat so you can move out of a threatened space without provoking an attack of opportunity. Okay. And then hide just allows you to try to hide, you know, to evade uh, detection from your enemies. So then that's going to also play into sneak attack, probably. Correct. Okay. So if, if you're able to hide and they're unaware of you, you can potentially get some uh, sneak die damage. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for that's it for Chip. I'm um, Chip's feeling better. He's he's getting back to it. All right. Also rolled a little bit more uh, HP. Oh right, duh. You get an additional D8 for your hit points. What did you roll? An eight. No, he didn't. I did. T- you really? I totally. I rolled an eight. <laughs> Why did you make that face while you said because it? Because it, it was my second try, but I did get an eight on my second try. What do you mean your second try? The first one was like the, the <laughs> auto Google roll. It just like I say, roll a D8, and then it did the automatic thing, and it's like, well, I didn't get to click the D8 button, so I'm gonna roll my own. <laughs> What was the first one? <laughs> That's Not where the face came from. I can't even remember. Don't worry about it. I think that was an eight too. And I was like, that's not fair to the team. I need to roll this D8 on my own. And then wow. another eight happens. The Why story. did you do it through Google and not in D&D Beyond? Because... Yeah, there's all the dice in the app itself. Well... And then we could, we could verify it. <laughs> You're right. Dang. <laughs> Shoot. Feels oh, like you might shucks. have to roll again for us to verify. No, it's it's already locked in, and I can't. I'd have to call D and D Beyond and customer support. It's just it's too. It's Terry Barbara's turn. Go on, Barbara. I I feel like Chip would actually really enjoy talking to customer support. Like I feel like he would just call up a customer help hotline just to have a chat. He just gets bored on Sundays and calls him up. Oh yeah, I just want to see how you were. Is uh is Lucy there? I talked to her last week. No, That's no, funny. my Bowflex isn't uh, broken. It's doing great. Thank you for asking. I feel like that's a very Barney thing. <laughs> yeah, Barney mm-hmm. would love to. He would talk to with anyone. That's true. I love that. All right. So is there a, a, a cart that maybe has a, a library? Hmm. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, from where you are. So you came in on the caboose, then right behind it, or right in front of it, I should say, was the steerage car. About two or three cars up from there, there is a, uh, a mobile library car transporting books. So, Barbara, you know when you were in grade school and they had the Scholastic Book Fair? It's that. Yeah. In a car. <laughs> Basically. Perfect. Because Elga's looking for some I Spy books and maybe Where's Waldo because her her investigation has been not very good. And turns out that she's using these books and isn't finding anything either. So, investigation <laughs> does not improve. I adore the idea of using a Where's Waldo book to improve your skills. (laughs) That is great. Or I guess, what would it be in this land? Where's Werewolf? Yeah. (laughs) Where's Werewolf? Werewolf, No, no, no. Let's follow the stripes. Where's Mummy? Where's Mummy? Uh. I also, is there a area of this train that's maybe a little bit more private where like there wouldn't be a lot of people walking around? There are some empty cargo cars that don't really have much uh, in them. Those are the cars you actually passed between steerage and the library. I think Elga also spent some time practicing her bat <laughs> to, no, to no avail. <laughs> just in there by yourself going, bat. 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 <laughs> I think that bat. just feels like something you just go into like the restroom and you're just in there bat. and bat. someone comes to the door is like, is someone in there? They just hear the faint sounds of a little girl whispering bat. Bat. Roll me a perception check. You got it. See, those metals, where's werewolf books didn't help at all. Good roll rolls. One. A four with your a four, uh, yeah. modifier. I think I just say one when it's but like you rolled a, a one, yes. crit 
fail. Yeah, you're in the cargo car. You think by yourself, trying to conjure the bat spirit. When you don't notice a, uh, uh, there is an actual bat in the car that begins flying around uh, and hits you squarely in the face. No, oh. you swipe at it and manage to get it to move on its way. And that's when you realize that at the door on the other side of the car, Disc has been watching you the whole time. He looks like he's had secondhand embarrassment from watching you yell bat and jump into the air. Oh, uh, it's it's because I I saw the bat in here and I was trying to catch it for you so it wouldn't be on this train anymore because if it bites someone oh there's rabies shots are very not fun to get (laughs) you don't feel like enraged that you've been caught uh in uh, in such a private moment i'm pretty mad does he start interacting with me at all you see he's trying to suppress laughter okay you know what it's not very nice to walk in on someone during a private moment okay you get out of here it's not nice to look at people without their consent (laughs) <laughs> kill, kill, Elga. He uh, silently, but, you know, obviously still stifling laughter, walks backwards uh, and closes the door and disappears into the next cart. This makes Elga very, very angry. From a, a metagame perspective, Elga does gain a couple of uh, new abilities here. Elka gains Reckless Attack and Danger Sense. Uh, do you have those in front of you? Do you want to uh, go over those, uh, Barbara? Yeah, I do. All right, reckless Attack, when you make your first attack on your turn, you can decide to attack recklessly, giving you advantage on melee weapon attack rolls using strength during this turn, but attack rolls against you have advantage until your next turn. Mm. Is it only if people use strength against me they have advantage? like uh, any melee weapon attack usually adds like a strength bonus. It's like a behind the scenes thing as opposed to like a melee weapon that might use dexterity like a a finesse weapon for example. And they have advantage on me because I'm reckless and like not really paying attention. Okay. Correct. So you gives you advantage but also opens you up like you're you're just attacking without any care about like defending and parrying as well. And for that could I just use it at any point? Like I could just choose to recklessly attack? Right. You you call it. Like when you're going to make your attack roll, you say, I want, to, I want to attack recklessly or I want this to be a reckless attack. You okay. have to do it before you attack. Correct. And it's the first attack on your turn. Got it. I caught Chris reminiscing about his gum gum days. Just looking back <laughs> like, yeah, those for, were good times. For those who don't know, uh, Chris played a barbarian our last campaign. So I'm like, help me, teach me. <laughs> And then danger sense is you have advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects that you could see while not blinded, deafened, or incapacitated. Yeah, so that's just basically you get advantage on dexterity saving throws against anything that you can see coming, like a trap, like a fireball spell. You know, you could see the fire coming. But if it's like the ground, you know, goes out beneath us, I don't see that coming, I imagine. If you're not blind or deafened, and it's a dexterity save, then you get advantage. Basically, yeah, it's it's it's, okay. it's pretty wide. And then as well, you get a d12 for uh, additional hit points. And I rolled a 12 on that d12. Just yeah. nice try, not Look lying. at us go, hey, Elga. Look, we're feeling stronger every wow, day. What are the chances that both of us rolled so well on that Very first try? Very high, actually. <laughs> and I won't question you if you don't question me. Uh, <laughs> it's just like we all went treasure hunting. <laughs> I just want to make sure I did it right because I just added 12 to my rolled HP. Before it was a 15, I added 12 and somehow it's now 30. Let's see. It, is, it also adds your constitution modifier. Your constitution modifier is plus three. So every level on top of your hit die, you're also going to get a plus three. So if you rolled a 12, then you also get plus three from your constitution bonus. So you get a plus 15 total. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm at 30 HP now. Strong. Wow. Bull. Strong like bull. Good. Our barbarian's got HP now. 
So that's kind of why, like, you have abilities like Reckless Attack and Rage, which diminishes the amount of, like, melee damage you take. Like, it's which kind of I will use tanky. moving forward, and I won't forget to use Rage. <laughs> <laughs> We're all learning lessons. It's fine. We're yeah. all new classes. We and almost stuff. died last time, but you know. Yeah. Oh my god, Elga, a bat's flying right at your face. Make a dexterity ah. saving throw. <laughs> oh, but I have advantage. You have uh -huh. advantage because. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty good. 17 and, oh, a nat 20 for 21. A 21. It's like something out of the Matrix. The bat is flying right at you, and you, like, dodge backwards and very deftly sidle out of the way, and the bat flies past you. Elga goes to look to see if Disf is at the door. The door's closed, but he's he's behind the window. He's still there watching, and he, uh, <laughs> God, he pulls Disf up his hands and begins uh, yeah. very lightly applauding. That's right, and if you're not careful, I'll do the same to you. And then she pulls an Ozzy Osbourne and bites the head <laughs> off the bat. I mean, I don't need the blood. <laughs> if, if we're here a whole day, could I actually take some of the bat's blood? Oh, that could be family. <laughs> oh, it has to be humanoid. Oh, it does. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Maybe I save you later for a snack. <laughs> I'll put you next to Matid's roll that I kept from their bakery. <laughs> oh, right. Yum, yum, human food. Barney or uh, Matit, anything uh, you want to investigate on the train? Yeah, Barney, go, and he's just walking along the carts. Oh, this is nice. And then he stops. Uh, I guess he goes up to the gold class. First class? Yeah, I, I think he stops to see anyone to talk to. The first class cabin, when you walk through, it has private rooms with doors. So it's, it's not an open car like the rest of them. There is a hallway for you to walk through the car, but each of the actual cabins where the people stay oh, okay. have doors that are currently closed. Could, could Barney go up to one of them and knock? Sure. Barney approaches one of the doors and gives it a knock. From the other side, you hear a, a very raspy, who is it? Hi, it's Barney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> the door creaks open and before you is a, I'll say it's a, a male humanoid, looks at you quizzically and says, Barney who? Oh, I'm Barney Farney. Nice to meet you. Hi. Uh, I, I was wondering if you might uh, uh, do me a kindness. I'm looking I have uh, in search of a few things here. Uh, for, first of all, I'm in I'm search of... I'm on a scavenger of, hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on a great quest, so I'm very busy, but I'm also looking for the bathroom. The greatest quest. <laughs> the great quest. Wow, this is a really nice room you have here. Wow. The raspy voice person says, uh, I assume it's just like your room? Are you here in first class as well? Oh, oh I am right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, uh, wh wh what are you looking for? Well, I'm trying to find my quest. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm on a great quest, but I'm also looking for the bathroom. Have you seen that? The bathroom? There should yeah. be one in, in your cabin. Oh, I didn't see that. Do you have one in your cabin? Well, yes, of course. Do you mind if I use it? Uh, okay. Um, sure, why not? The door opens up. Oh, this is such a nice little cabin here. Okay. Inside the cabin, there's a well-appointed bed, a small table seemingly for taking meals, and a another closed door. And the occupant points at the door and says, the bathroom is behind that door. Okay, here I go. Bye-bye. Bernie shuffles to the bathroom and goes in. Okay. <laughs> Just destroys it. No, he's yeah. using the bathroom. He's like, so tell me about yourself, young oh, man. Oh, God. It's okay, old man. Uh, you can do your business. We don't have to talk while you're on the toilet. No, no, I don't mind at all. <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, I think I hear someone calling me. Um, oh. and, and not you. You never want to leave someone, you know, if they're calling you, it's probably for a good reason. That's what I always say. You hear the sound of very hurried footsteps running away, seemingly in a panic in the opposite direction to get as far away from you as quickly as possible. It reminds me of this one time I was out (laughs) and I had a message. I got home and there was a message, a note, and it said, don't eat the bread. It's got, it's a bowl. And so I I got, and I, 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 I took the note and I, and I put it, I put it by the bread, but you know what my problem, I didn't throw out the bread. And then the next day I got up and I was like, I would love some bread. And I go and I eat the bread, and I think like, this bread is awfully flavorful. What, so, what sort of uh, spread did I put on it? Oh, it's got some sort of fuzzy spread on it. Uh, and then I realize, oh my goodness, I've eaten mold. Can Chip chip in and say, <laughs> hey, Barney, that guy left about a half hour ago. You've been talking to nothing this whole time. <laughs> oh, hey there. Did I ever tell you about the time that, uh, that, I, ate, that I ate mold? Uh, Chip uses uh, disengage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should I should I go over my my level up abilities? Should I continue? Where- I think the tail of the bread, uh, as compelling as it is, we can maybe <laughs> put a cork in it. Barney gets Channel Divinity, Turn Undead, Twilight Sanctuary at a first level spell slot. You want to kind of go over that, Chris? Yeah, yeah. So Turn Undead, which all clerics get at level two. As an action, I can present my holy symbol and do a prayer censuring the undead. Each undead that I can see or hear within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, it is turned for one minute or until it takes any damage. A turned creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as possible. And it, it can't willingly move to space within 30 feet of you. It also can't take reactions. For its action, it can only use the dash action or try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. If there's nowhere to move, the creature can use the dodge action. And I can do that once every short rest. And yeah, so that, I think that'll be really cool, especially because I don't think Barney realizes that half the party is undead. <laughs> Oh, wow. They are, aren't they? Is Elga considered undead? I believe so, yes. Are ghosts undead? Because that's pretty dead. (laughs) It's just plain dead. Like, is it undead or dead dead? I mean, my interpretation of undead is you're still sentient beyond death. Yeah. Never thought of a ghost as undead. Yeah. I would imagine a ghost is undead. That's what I'm saying. I've never thought of a ghost as undead. I've always thought of other monsters as undead. But it's an interesting argument. I mean, it's going to be easier for me if, if you're not. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I got no. I, I'm not arguing one way or the other. I was just. What is a ghost? Because a ghost is literally like the soul of a dead person. Semantics. Yeah, and it does say each undead that can see or hear you must make a wisdom saving throw <laughs> within thirty feet. Yeah. I guess I need to always stay thirty feet away from Barney at all times. Also got the the Twilight Sanctuary channel divinity is really cool. As an action, I present holy symbol thirty foot radius. It's filled with dim light. It's centered around me and it moves with me and it lasts for one minute or until I'm inca- incapacitated. I, whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in the sphere, you grant that creature one of these benefits. I grant it 1d6 plus two temporary hit points. So it's 1d6 plus your cleric level, so it will scale. Yeah, yeah. Or I end one of the effects uh, either charmed or frightened. So it's, that's really good. I also get spell slot, which I got some, you know, it's cool. Nice. Because I have three now. I can cast three spells. So just for clarification, uh, Ben looked it up. Ghosts and vampires are both listed as undead. I looked it up too. That's correct. Uh, I think you mean cleric 
location. Dang it, Barbara's oh. gonna do that. Shoot. Clear, clear. You also get an additional D8 of hit die. Let me guess, you rolled an eight? No, I did. Oh. It's either six or seven. Okay. Oh, that's still really good. Nice. Could Barney try to get out and realize it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Someone's locked me in. I, well, I guess by this point, Chip has walked away and the uh, occupant of the car has walked away. So you're all alone in there, uh, Barney. Oh no. It's just like that one time I got lost in the cave. Do you have a medic alert bracelet or a medic alert little button thing you can hit? Life alert? No, but I think, I think, oh my goodness. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. There's an emergency. He's gone on. Does anyone else hear anything? Do you think there's some rattling around and some voice? <laughs> Train turbulence. I want to know what Chris's new abilities he's using to get out of this door. <laughs> I create water with some of my new spells. Ooh, wait, I thought, I thought you just did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, I, I do 10 gallons of clean water I create in the bathroom. Ooh. And it fills the room so much that it bursts open. He's pulling a Paddington. And, and so some of it floods out into the hall. Some of it also goes down the toilet. I don't think you know how a toilet works, Chris. <laughs> what? No, that's how it works. You fill up the bowl with enough water and it flushes. That's okay. that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. I assume this is more like a drop it and go kind of toilet because it's a train. Just a hole in the bottom of the train. Yeah. Just oh, a honey true. wagon Probably, situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, it bursts, uh, it gushes out in the hallway. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I look around. I was like, oh, my, that's a nice looking bed. And then Barney goes and lays down. In the drenched <laughs> bed. In the wet bed. Well, I assumed, like, it kind of went through a funnel. So, like, the bottom of the bed got wet, but the top was relatively not that wet. Gross. Okay. This old man is destroyed. And then Barney goes and takes a nap. And this nap is so invigorating and restful that he, that's, it's he also gets his... It's one of those old his, man naps. Yeah. You know? And that, that also helps get his new abilities. Like head mm. back on a chair. <laughs> mouth completely like open. A, like <laughs> her, uh, Barbara looks like living dead. She's just... Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lazy boy nap. Is Barney able to like nap wherever he wants to? Like, Is that one of his skills? Powers down. He's a good sleeper. Yeah, he just he just rests. And then I assume he's there until the whoever that that per person whose room it is returns. I don't think that they would want to disturb you. I think they're uh, they've asked for a enough. change of yeah. rooms. <laughs> they would probably call a conductor over to help roll you uh, and, and get <laughs> you to move along. So Mateed, where are we? Where, where are you at? I'm I'm imagining you going in the kitchen, perhaps. Well. Mateed was hoping to find some room to stretch a bit and find some space, but I, I was I'm struggling to think of like where in a train that might be that's that isn't joining Chip on the roof. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> there, there is a recreation car. Okay, I'd like to go to the recreation car. Yeah, you're not quite sure what to expect when you you know you see the signs directing you to a recreation car, but you walk in and there's a very smooth wood floor with various markings on it, you think, for different sports. Uh -oh. And a variety of different sporting equipment, balls and gloves and whatnot on racks off to the side if you wanted to participate in any of those. Or if not, it's just a big open space. There's also some various mats and uh, weights and whatnot. By any chance, is one of the walls a giant mirror? Yeah. Yeah. So Matid would go in there, lock the doors for privacy. Big fan of their privacy. You don't want any uh, spying discs? No. 
and Matid would spend a lot of time in there working on their flow routines. Matid is very uh, ballet-like in their movements, and they constantly are trying to work at staying limber and working on their agility and stability and all that kind of stuff. Maybe humming some tunes while they're doing it, just kind of a very... Uh, peaceful, tranquil workout. Could we get some of that humming tunes? Like what that would sound like? (laughs) Mike is asking if you're practicing Arakoka karate. Arakoka karate. (laughs) (laughs) It's less of like martial arts and more like dance, but there is definitely some like the, the flow of like some of the more grappling martial arts, it kind of incorporated into the dance. But yeah, Matid is a big fan of their alone time for improving themselves. That's how they kind of have learned a lot of their monk abilities is self-taught. And so this would kind of be them trying to recreate that kind of environment that they prefer. Mm. Make me a perception check. It's only an eight. You're not sure how it happened, but like almost side by side with you is a ghostly figure of another Arakokra moving through the same motions you're doing with extremely fluid grace. You rub your eyes and you don't think the figure is actually there, but it's doing the flow in perfect form. You study them for a moment and go through the flow in harmony with them. Could Matid turn and do a bow to them? Sure. Matid turns uh, and does a bow, and when uh, Matid raises their head back up, the figure has disappeared. Oh. That oh. was unexpected. Spooky. Bird Patrick Swayze? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I uh, Matid expected in uh, a the recreational car of a train. <laughs> and Matid checks to see if the doors are still locked? Yes, the doors are still locked. Okay. Mati would also take this time to spend some time with Jacques. And uh, after working out in the recreational, would definitely go to the food car and look for some num-nums for Jacques. Okay, yeah. You have the option. You can either go to the dining car or the galley car. I guess the dining car might make more sense if you're just looking to, to get some food or if you want to, like, try to for some stuff, maybe you can get something out of the galley. No, I want to go to the dining car. I want to sit down and I want to put Jacques on the other side of the table with a little seat. Yeah, there's a, a very well-appointed menu. And it's, it's actually very busy considering the time of night. Various tables and people coming and going, carrying food. Oh, someone drops a plate of food on you. <laughs> Do you have an abili- a new ability you can use? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Matid, uh, having spent time in the recreational car, has gained the power of using their key which is kind of a energy that all monks have access to and you can your energy count goes up as you level up as a monk so currently i have two uses of key to do a a number of effects Um, one of which is patient defense which is you can spend a key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action on your turn so i dodge the food um, and try to pull a Spider-Man and uh, and get it all landing on my hand um, in perfect <laughs> alignment. Cool. Make a dexterity check just to see. Like the dodge, of course, obviously, uh, you're able to do. The dexterity check to see if you're able to catch all the food. Twelve. You catch uh, almost all of the food. Unfortunately, a piece of fish falls off the plate and lands on the floor. The customer who uh, drops the plate says, oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you for saving what you did. Uh, and takes the plate of food uh, minus the 
piece of fish which has fallen to the floor. Matid kind of replies, d'accord, and picks up the uh, fish and lays it out for Jacques to have a little nibble. Oh, yeah. Jacques goes to town eating the fish. Matid would also, uh, while Matid doesn't have to eat or drink, would order a some sort of uh, espresso. Um, just uh, enjoying, still enjoying the feel of a warm espresso cup in their uh, winged hands. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, coffee to be had, and uh, you're able to order and hold a cup of espresso to warm your feathered hands. Yeah. Well, I think from all the action that you are doing, a little bit of dirt got in your hands and made it. <laughs> no, no, not this character. Just a nice espresso. It's a nice steaming cup of flesh espresso. Yeah, flesh espresso. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's grotesque. Uh, growth. Oh, growth. <laughs> So uh, what Matid uh, was able to do is get the, get the key points, um, and along with that comes the other two abilities that you can use their key on, which is Fury of Blows, which basically gives me a bonus action of two arm strikes. Currently, I can do a bonus action of one arm strike. So right now, I could do in potentially three unarmed strikes in a row for one turn in attack. Or... Wow. I have Step of the Wind, um, where I can take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action. You're not the only one who can dash right now, Chip. And disengage. And disengage. Um, I can do it, too. But it also comes with your jump distance is doubled, which is kind of a moot point, as I can fly. But I also got an upgrade to my walking speed. That's just a part of being Monk, and so now my walking speed is 35 feet. Chip is not nice. a, 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 like a sad guy, but he is pretty <laughs> upset that everyone has way cooler upgrades this round. This is what is like John just got everything and more that I just got. What the heck? Well, I have to like I'll, I'll, I'll paint this picture, though. At, like it's it's monk that those kind of things are, are flashy right now at a lower level. But at a higher level, you know, I'm going to hopefully do things that don't involve just an unarmed strike. And so it's like, you know, it, you, you're going to get things that are going to plus you up in certain ways later down the line. I sure hope so. Like, after how the combat went last time, don't you want your team to get beefy still? Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> don't downplay the hide. That's also going to really help you with stealth attacks. Right, okay. and you're supposed to be the stealthy one as the right. rogue, right? You're right. Matid also gets an additional D8 hit points. Oh, yeah. I only rolled a three, so I'm at 14. There you go. Why wouldn't you lie? I mean, theoretically, I'm not saying anybody else here did, but, you know... But moving on, moving on. That's what else is in his train. Wow. Mati doesn't fear death. They've already done it. Oh, that's pretty cool. In fact, they are undead. So the train chugs along through the night to its destination and to the next arc of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Salutations, my stinky supporters. Did you know Stinky Dragon has a soundtrack you can listen to? Don't miss out. It's great. Uh, and our newest album just dropped the other day. So go check it out wherever you listen to music. Hey there, listener. It's me, Blaine, a.k.a. Kyborg, a.k.a. Chip Haney. Hey, I want to tell you about RTX 2023. It's happening July 7th through 9th, and you should come. You know why? Because it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. Join us this summer for a memorable weekend at our camp for indoor kids. We got 15-plus uh, live shows, special meet and greets, exclusive parties, fun panels, and so much more. With guests ranging from your favorite RT groups like Funhouse and Achievement Hunter to friends like Therapy Gecko, the Super Carlin Brothers, new rock stars, RTX 2023 is an event you won't want to miss because Stinky Dragon's also going to be there. They're the main event. Big show, big time. Badges for this three-day fun fest are available for as low as $55. What a steal. So thanks for listening. 
And I hope you're excited for RTX 2023, because I am. I'm so excited. We're looking forward to meeting you all there. So head on over to rtxaustin.com to get more information about this event and buy your badge. Do it. Do it now. It's Rooster Teeth's 20th anniversary, 20 years of Rooster Teeth, and to celebrate every Friday, we release new surprise episodes to celebrate and to thank all of you for 20 years of support. We've already had quite a few come out. I don't know how many we're through, but there's still so many in front of us. We've had a new Master and Apprentice pop up. We had a Rage Quit. We kicked it all off with an Awoo, and there are more big videos to come, so head over to roosterteeth.com and check them out. We do have some audience questions that I'd like to get through. Woohoo! Thank you to, I think David collated all of these. Thank you, David, uh, if you are indeed the one who did that. They got a lot of them from Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Reddit. And uh, I've got them all in front of me here. The first question on the list is uh, from Instagram. It's from a very familiar name. It's from uh, at John Reisinger. (laughs) (laughs) Who asks, why won't Chris refer to any single character in the game by the correct name ever? (laughs) Well, is, is this during our mini now, campaign where he that, couldn't say Yutha Janaya? No, I'm talking about this campaign as well. I've been noting that <laughs> this boy right here never calls anything the correct title. Oh, but I'm sorry, John, at minimum, for being in character and role playing. <laughs> this is without. This is out of character as well. This is out of character. This Chris, is meta Chris. Chris. You have five seconds to name the other three characters in this party. Go. One. Chip. Uh, 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 two. Uh, uh, Three. Little girl. And <laughs> bird. Five. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think last episode you may have called Chip Barney once. I don't know yeah, if I'm remembering that. <laughs> I, now, 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 there's no way I'm going to remember John's character's name. Mateed? Yes. What about Elga? Elga, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's literally yeah, yeah. such a simple name. <laughs> I remember your names. I'm just committed to the to the character. Mm. Sure. Um, sure. Let's chose a character that's forgetful. Can't wait for your third campaign character who's also forgetful and uh, <laughs> dumb. Yeah. <laughs> a very convenient. But, but now, now, Barney's not dumb. Could have fooled us. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you just describe that he got locked in the bathroom that he went in? Yeah. Yeah. That, that wasn't. That's just an accident via flooding the entire room. Well, that, Chris, he got out. Barney's intelligence is 10. Yeah, it's not dumb. Plus what? It's just 10. That's normal. That's like a normal person. You know, intelligence of 10 is not that bad. Let's not make fun. Gum-gum's intelligence (laughs) was what, like four? Gum-gum was so, I don't know if we covered this in the previous campaign. Gum-gum's intelligence was so low. There was one spell that we used against the party that had no effect on Gum Gum because his intelligence was too low to be affected by the spell. It's rock so bottom. Funny. And there was one time there was a thing that like lowered, there was a, a, an item that could lower your intelligence and it would have made Gum Gum go into a coma. Speaking of the previous campaign, uh, the next question is from Halcyon Ben, uh, again, uh, also on Instagram, who asks, if you could choose any NPC from either this or the previous campaign to be your new character, who would it be? NPC from yeah. the previous Oh, to be like the character we play. To play as. Either from the previous campaign or this campaign. Is there an NPC that stood out in your mind or you thought like, man, that would be a really fun character to play or I wish we could do more with that, you know? I have a funny answer for Blaine. You're going to say Sleek. No, no. No? 
uh, I was going to say you would play your kissy wife. So then you still could be connected to Kyborg despite not playing Kyborg. Lynn Murr. Lynn Murr. Oh, Lynn Murr. Yeah. I miss her. So I hope she's okay. We didn't get another <laughs> kissing, kissing action in the last one with them. Um, I, I would want to play Brink Tussler just because I would like to talk like this. Uh, the great Brink Tussler. <laughs> But I would, I would still have Eric do the voice, though. So, like, he would dub all of my life. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I like that. I like the idea of you playing an entire campaign and Eric has to voice the entire campaign. <laughs> yeah. There was, like, a fancy... I don't think he was a Goliath. Maybe he was on the ship. Oh, yeah. He was, he was Kyborg, a giant. Like, he was a giant. The giant. Yeah, yeah. And Kyborg, like, idolized him. I'm sure I can't play as a giant, but if we adapted that into a character... I like the idea of like a really big like giant, but he was like in a suit and he was dapper, but he's also strong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just imagine one of those like old like bare knuckle bro- boxers with like a dress shirt and a yeah. vest on, and he's like, mm-hmm, yes. I think that'd be fun. What about you, Chris? Maybe I don't know. I the only one I could think of was uh, Hairless Hutch. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you could see how that story played out. Yeah. Well, just like, I wonder what's going on in, in that, you know, like, and what, how do you end up in that jail? He was a lizard folk who mm-hmm. liked hair that we met in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of very interesting characteristics to play into. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine there's more to him than meets the eye. The only other one I could think of was that one that bested Kyborg with the, uh, by getting Brink. the item. Well, yeah. <laughs> The one that got the item that that lets you teleport. I thought you were going to say I'd like to play as Mirandalorian. No, <laughs> just, for that, just for that one battle. Um, do you know that that guy who he, he bought the item that Blaine thought about buying, mm. and then he was oh, like teleporting all over the place? The turtle. The tur- oh. Yeah, the uh, turtle. Yeah, yeah. I also Tor-thor. like turtles. Torthor. Yeah, I like turtles. So I like I like turtles. I like turtles. So Torthor maybe would be a good one. I was going to say real fast, I think the, you, I'm glad you brought up Hairless Hutch because I think that might be my favorite puppet video <laughs> that's been put out is uh, the interaction with Hairless Hutch and just like the vacant blank blinking between Hutch and Gum Gum. Yeah, and then the stroking, like the, the stroking of, the, of hair. the hair. The stroking yeah, yeah. hair is so good. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorites. I would say favorite NPC, though, would also be Lil Jimmy. I think that would be oh, a fun character. I was wondering if anybody would bring call. up Lil Jimmy. That's a he, good like, call. That's like MVP NPC. Love that. Oh, man. Just yeah. the thinnest, stupidest, like, not thought out <laughs> character. I'm imagining it's like that him. teenager from The Simpsons that's like, oh, Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to do that. It's past my curfew. It's literally Gus up pitching his voice just a hair, just like, oh, well, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to roll with uh, whatever's in front of you. What about you, John? I have two thoughts. One is I would love to play the tree ant-like creatures that we met. Mm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that'd be hilarious to play an entire campaign as someone who talks very slow and quietly and that kind of thing. I think that's hilarious. And I just like those kind of creatures. It's they're fun. I think their design is fun to me, but honestly, the more fun thing would be, uh, I'd love to have played as, uh, I, the villains are always more interesting to me than the heroes. So like in Tropa, something like mm-hmm. that, be the big bad. Mm-hmm. I, I watched every Disney movie and just loved every villain more than any of the prince or princesses. Um, so as the queer, I am, <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, would love to be just, I'd love to play the villain for any campaign. Because I like don't get Hugh to play Manor. the villain. Hugh Manor would be fun. I was thinking like, uh, yeah, any of them, Quadrant, Hugh Manor, uh, Entropa, I would love to play any of those. I would never take uh, Paralyte away from Hannah though. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah fair. I'll take, I'll take Entropa away from Armando though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, don't worry. From someone's perspective, uh, I'm sure Mud was the villain. Sure. Whoa. Wow. Mind blowing. Yeah. Peta. For Peta. Peta saw me as a villain because I constantly put a badger in badger in danger. Mm. Uh, we have a, a question on Twitter here from uh, at Toto Jaro. Uh, what goes through your mind when creating new characters, and do you inspire yourself with different characters from different campaigns? Maybe we can also narrow that down, like maybe talking about these new characters for campaign two, like what did you draw inspiration from and how, what made you focus into playing this kind of character? I like, first of all, longevity, having some character that you can like really grow into. And there's like a longer, like you might have a few bits in mind, but something that's not going to run dry after a few episodes. I ran into judge Fred, this pun slinging, bread themed paladin and i was like by the end of that campaign i was like so out of jokes for for judge bread or whatever his name was i think it was judge bread and then he died and then thank god he died yeah his brother judge fred 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 was way more fun and then i think that there's also like weird stuff like subverting expectations you expect like a rogue a tiefling rogue to be like evil and you know conniving and then like no i'm gonna make him a friendly guy it's japaney and he's an ex-assassin it's just like this layered weird character that has all these different components i think that that's fun you also notably constantly put you into every character you play because Chip, I don't, is, I don't know what you're talking about. Chip is also uh, like a a personable character with the fashion stylings and and, and amiability yeah. that you you have. That's true. And Blaine does have a thing for older centaurs. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Past life, he wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> oh, Sawyer. I have a similar. I like finding um, a unique take on a character that's like different than what you might normally think of for a class or, or a race. And I like, I I don't know. I like coming up at least with some backstory that like is, isn't known or, or like, like Barney had, I wrote a long backstory for Barney that we don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so like that gives stuff for the DM to play with and explore. And also like, I I guess a character that's flawed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big one for me. I think like, coming up with a new character for a new campaign especially for the show like is simultaneously very fun but also very stressful because you're trying to think through someone you won't mind playing for like 50 to 100 episodes or more or whatever it ends up being and so you're like i want to play a character that i could like really improv with like someone who you understand really well and like you could visualize their backstory you could visualize what they would do in certain situations that's really hard and that definitely comes i think more and more with time like even with our first campaign you could see how we really develop these characters and like flesh them out as time goes when i was thinking of this character i knew i wanted to play a barbarian in this campaign because i usually play very like ranged characters that don't have Mm. to get up close a lot Mm. and i'm like i wanted to challenge myself by playing something that has to like get in on the action this time yeah and at first i was thinking of playing a character like this named elga it's just a really, really big, beefy. I picture her like super big, super large with like these like little braids and stuff like that. Very typical, like 
what you imagine a barbarian to look like, maybe. Mm. Kind of like a and Michael thought, Caine type. <laughs> Michael yeah. Caine. yeah. <laughs> um, but like then this. I thought it would be funny, like like you said, Chris, like and Blaine as well, the juxtaposition of something like not what you quite expect. So I'm like, what if it's a barbarian who's like a tiny little girl who just rages? And then we also had all these new aspects to play with in this campaign with like ghost and vampire and alien and like all these different things that we could choose from for this world. And I was like, well, I definitely want to lean into that. And so that's why I chose vampire. Cause I thought that would be like a fun addition to that character I was thinking of. So you kind of build on it as you go. You like start with one kind of concrete idea and then you build out from there. I also like that. You always play small characters. Like you're you're <laughs> yeah. tiny. Maybe I genuinely it's a, enjoy that. I think that that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. I, very I like being like the little sister of the group. It's a fun, like a fun little feel. That's good. I like that. For Matid, I was a mixture of a few things. I wanted to challenge myself a little bit and play something, not only a class that I didn't understand very well, but like try to create like even a voice that's hard for me to do, which you've noticed. So I went with Monk, which has always been a, a class that interests me, but I've never played or looked into much before. It's also like kind of very similar to you, Barb. I wanted to go in a different direction as far as like my interaction with like abilities in combat. And so Monk is um, very much n- non-magical, uh, you know, physical work and that kind of thing. Doesn't wear armor, all that kind of stuff. Which I wouldn't expect, like hearing monk, I would think it would be. Yeah, well, it's kind of like cleric. You don't think of cleric as a big armored, you know, uh, uh, divine energy, magical person, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I went with that. I refused to play something as mundane as a human. So I tried to find a class that was fun and interesting. One of my favorite, uh, again, just to reference Disney, one of my favorite characters ever from Disney was Marahute from Rescues Down Under. So I was like, I want to be a big bird. I want to be a big bird. <laughs> That's cool. I like I birds. That was the inspiration. That's fun. Um, yeah. Originally, I had even uh, based uh, Matid's design on Marahute from the movie, but I changed. I wanted to go something a little bit darker. Sean, I don't know if you saw on our subreddit, which like... Real quick, shout out to anybody that's part of our Stinky Dragon Pod subreddit. It's a very lovely place. It's the nicest subreddit I've been on. The subreddit so, and the Discord as well. Some of the best people. It's really cool to see the community. And we've been getting incredible, incredible art. But there was this one that I really liked. And it's uh, Matid on a park bench feeding other birds. <laughs> oh, I yeah. think I missed that one. I have to go find that it one. Is, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you over Slack. It is so cute. That's good. I saw some fan art too of... Uh, it was... Chip and Elga coming back from their dungeon exploration. <laughs> and uh, oh, like, and we, we, didn't we didn't find, find anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's like see gold out of their pockets. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Mateed being like, uh-huh. and, and I'm hoping that the new YouTube channel will be really a good, great place for that kind of. Great so. place to share the content yeah. with people who might not know D&D. Oh, or yeah. Or we Dragon. We just started that. Also, Barbara, I'm going to drop this in the Slack. There's new Elga art. It, like, you guys uh, are just like firing on all cylinders with the art. You have no idea what an honor that is seeing that stuff. It is really, really cool. We appreciate it. hundred percent. And I, I like to try to play, have inject, put parts into my characters that are parts of like my real world that I enjoy. Mud was all about, you know, animals and, uh, you know, that kind of love of mine and playing a magic user. And so I want to do something different this one. And so I kind of like, I've always loved, uh, French culture. I named my eldest child after my favorite French movie. My current partner is, uh, from new Orleans and Louisiana and loves that stuff as well. And so I want to do that. And then 
again, I refused to play just a straight person. So, um, I went for, uh, apart from the, the rainbow mafia flag that, uh, felt like a, a fun new, um, addition to the team. Nice. Love it. I have a, a, a lot I want to follow up on here. So I'm, I'm glad you all brought up the subreddit because I want to uh, ask some questions from the subreddit. And specifically, John, you actually answered part of a question that I was uh, I was teeing up to potentially ask here from uh, Julia Darkcrest on the Stinky Dragon subreddit. Shout out to Julia. Yeah. Julia had questions for everyone in general and then everyone specifically. In general, they asked, uh, how'd you come up with the concept of your character? I feel like we touched on that one already. But for John specifically, they were asking, how much of your French is from Barbara? How much from your girlfriend's family? Also, are you planning to become a crazy cat person in the game? Uh, I guess with, uh, with Jacques. I wasn't planning on having a pet. I wasn't planning on being a cat person, but I found a cat, so I'm going to try to keep that as a pet. Don't cats hunt birds? Why shouldn't you? Some do. Some do. I think that's fun. I think that's fun that a bird much bigger than the cat would not be its prey. No, my French is, uh, honestly, I'm aiming for something that's in the realm of, like, the... uh, Merovingian from Matrix Reloaded. Uh-huh. I have always adored the kind of energy from that character. Obviously, he's a villain and, and a total like uh, misogynist and that thing. So I don't adore those parts of him. But I loved the way that actor always like played that character um, with their voice and and a little bit of their mannerism. So uh, that's along with a few other French uh, roles from cinema and, and actors that I've been trying to mimic. But uh, no, my girlfriend does. It's like it, it Cajun ain't ain't French. Um, they, it's, it's a, it's a beat up version of French. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot that question a little bit. I have a question for Micah. Did you have any inkling that John was going to do more with that cat when you dropped that cat in the module in the sewers? Cause I, I stumbled on it by going and exploring places we hadn't gone. Cause we, we totally could have missed it. It was like stuck in the bridge, right? Right. And and it could have been anybody. Yeah. No, like I, I like doing that kind of stuff. Like we, we kind of talked about that behind the scenes, like dropping little things that could be something, little breadcrumbs that could lead into a whole different trail. We have what we have ideas for it and I'm excited to see where they go. Oh, cool. It's Does that die. happen a lot, Micah, for you? Like where we encounter something or like really focus in on something you didn't expect us to focus in on or like bring it with us or whatever. And then you in turn like write that into the story or like make it a bigger aspect of the campaign. Does that happen? Absolutely. Yeah. That happened a lot in the last campaign where it'd be an offhand comment. I'd be like that, that mm. can go somewhere. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I always enjoy those moments. Like I, I try to, if I can lean into them when, when I remember to. Ben put it best when we were talking about D and D like early on, he said it's collaborative storytelling. And I think that mm. that's something that really holds true with stinky dragon. Like we put in a lot and Micah like takes that receives it and then integrates it. And I think it's a perfect balance. And so did Gus. Oh, and Gus. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just a vessel. <laughs> no, but I feel like you also do a good job of pulling things and, and extracting where we're going to go with it. And then also the, Things you kind of create also provide a lot for Micah to play with. Hmm. Yeah. I also, I'm going to try to do this more often, but I do want to give a huge shout out to Gus as a DM. Like, I think you don't get enough credit for like how easygoing you are with us, but also like still keeping the story on track and like (laughs) working through the improv scenes of everything going on and like still keeping track of like the module and like all that stuff. I don't know how you do it, but... I've seen like people mention it in the podcast reviews and like some comments on the subreddit and stuff like that, but definitely want to give you a shout out for that because you do a great job. I, I'm very remiss to take 
too much of the credit. It's, uh, I have a lot of help from uh, Mike and Ben. I'm always trying to give them credit as well. And they're usually constantly yelling at me in the in our <laughs> Slack channel to get you guys to keep moving and to stop focusing on something. <laughs> well, that, that, y'all that was another part on. of the subreddit that uh, I even responded to today where because people have been like, uh, I've seen a couple of comments, people asking for a different kind of character for me next time. And one person's reply to someone like suggesting that was like, yeah, I'd like to see John play a character who's less focused on progression of the plot. And I replied, I said, I'd also like to play a character that's Aww. less focused on the progression <laughs> yeah. of the plot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Julia actually, Julia Darkcrest actually had more questions. Um, you know, there was that one that for John specifically, but then for Chris specifically, do you think the senility of Barney is an act? Is it real or is it something more malicious that's been cast upon him? I think it's real, but there might be more than just like I'm being an older man, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not inherently just that, that he's old. Interesting. Barbara, where do you think the hatred of your character by NPCs is coming from? Remember, uh, El- Elka got a little bit of guff. In the city, yeah. And I, yeah. I've been reading some, like, theories and stuff. Like, I I feel like I shouldn't be reading it because it's going to, like, influence <laughs> my thoughts. But it's funny because someone pointed out, they're like, well, people, like, were excited and cheered for Dracula. So, like, mm. It, mm. It, it, are they against vampires or, like, is Dracula a kind of like a different guy? Cause he's like the vampire. And so it's mm-hmm. like, he's kind of a celebrity, but I don't know. I imagine it has something to do with her vampiric background. I don't know if it has anything to do with her being like a half elf or a child. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's like a interview with a vampire situation where vampires aren't supposed to be children. My interpretation mm. of that was she appears to be like a normal quote unquote, like humanoid. And this is a grotesque and it's a world where everything's topsy-turvy, where weird is normal and normal is weird. That was my read on it. Wouldn't Barney then be getting some like flack? Because he's Maybe. a human. Yeah, you're right. And, I a don't cl- know. and a cleric at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping we find out. But my first inkling was that it's just because she's a vampire, even though like I don't think it's that obvious. Mm-hmm. I think she yeah, you do. she's better at hiding it. She's yeah, a you vampire? Do try to keep what? It close. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Blaine, do you have any ideas of how you want this story beat about Carol to play out? Are you about to become John Wick when Gus kills your cockatrice? I, I didn't even know that the cockatrice was a thing. You guys gave that to me, and I was like, okay, yes, and I have no idea what direction it's going to head in, and I'm totally fine with that. I wanted to give Micah and Ben and Gus like carte blanche and whatever they wanted to do with the story element. I found the character motivation, and then I am trusting them with the story and i think it's going to be fun no matter what happens like i Mm. i just thought it was a cool backstory and it's a cool mission and it's something that i think a lot of people can get invested in and then as far as like the resolution like i'm not worried Uh, and there's one last question here. It's for me. It's asking gus when are you killing blaine's cockatrice no I want to pull maybe uh, one or two more questions. We'll see how this goes. So we're, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. Uh, we have a question on Instagram from David Sanye. That's a, that's a familiar name. What is each character's comfort food? Elga, we know blood, but what type? Ooh. <laughs> well, I do like the O type because that is technically the most healthy. I think people with the type O blood tend to have the least uh, heart disease and... Uh, you know, the health complications. And so, you know, I try to eat healthy when I can. And so, you know, I get my old type blood in a in a bowl mixed with some greens, maybe. And then I take out the greens. <laughs> <laughs> 
chips would be a nice delicious burger and a big basket of cheese curds fried cheese curds mm. oh boy howdy i'll eat i like the the way the cheese feels squeaky on my teeth it's fun and delicious and i love it so much <laughs> for barney well i like raisins it's a raisin you know, it's just like they're, they're it, you're just because they're grapes that are old doesn't mean they're not good grapes. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's poetic. That's lovely. It's really nice. Matit doesn't eat, but if Matit could, Matit uh, definitely uh, is a big fan of some fresh steak tartare. Um, does Matit not eat because they're a ghost? Yeah. Because they don't need food? Don't need it. Don't need to sleep. Don't need How to ironic breathe. that they're a baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. That's all. That was awesome. I like. I like the idea that they they still like to do what they did in their past life, and and that it's ironic that that's feed the living, which is why uh, Matit has a bakery in uh, Atro City instead of uh, in different parts because they wanted to make sure they were in a place where people ate. Mm. Go where the market is. Go where the market is. Uh, but yeah, I think steak tartare. It's a great French cuisine, and it's also like. I feel like that's good ghost food because uh, it's just raw meat with a raw egg. Um, yeah. I think that's that's uh, that's fun. All right, one final question here. Again, going to dip back into the Stinky Dragon subreddit from Night Shadow 006. Starts off the question by asking, does Elga have a specific blood type she prefers? I feel like we already, we just covered that. But goes on to ask, does the necklace she wears have any special meaning to her? In my mind, I think Elga's mom gave her that necklace. Oh. But... Her mom left at a very young age. Mm. Left or like, I don't know. Oh. Left and never came back. And then a follow-up question here from Night Shadow. Are Chip's horns small and short because of genetics or were they made that way to help him be less noticeable back when he was an assassin? I think that he shaved them down, not out of like a lack of pride, but yeah, I think it's to like... They kept getting caught on like barbed wire and uh, oh yeah, yeah, hanging like wind he, chimes. You got to think about like wind shear and, and like you know making sure it's aerodynamic and such. But he's also like Chip is a, a very well manicured gentleman. He has like a nice hair and like he takes good care of his mustache. So he he trimmed it down. But he he's he's he's, he's a proud tiefling. Well, that's good to know. All right, I think on that note, we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks for listening to this uh, Between the Tales. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll be back next time with another new episode, kicking off the new arc uh, in the grotesque story. Yay. Yay. And as a reminder, we have a YouTube channel and would love for you to uh, hang with us on there, watch the shows, check out some of the puppet videos, you know, see what's happening on the community tab, leave a nice comment on whatever you want. That'd be great. Like and subscribe. We'll probably be commenting yeah. in, like in, in the comment section, interacting there as well. So if you want to say hi, yep. we'll probably say hi back. YouTube.com slash at Stinky Dragon Pod. This episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon was produced by Ben Ernst, written, edited, and composed by Micah Reisinger with additional editing work by David Sonnier. Tune in next time for another thrilling episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. <laughs>